0: Good Tuesday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and this is the I Love Seville show. It's an absolute pleasure to connect with you guys through the I Love Seville network, um, a network we have worked very hard to, I guess, refine and improve each day. Um, A lot of folks don't know this, but the infrastructure we have here at our studio on Market Street, every month we're investing um, more financial resources into, into the network to improve it. Whether that's adding social media platforms like the Fountain app to the network, extra microphones and cameras, um, or just improving the sophistication and nuance of the network. We're we're just trying to make it better. That's all we're trying to do. I love connecting with you guys. Um, The topic matter we cover here is local. It's not always the most comfortable topic matter, but it's frank conversation about a community that we love. We offer our opinions every day on this talk show. I literally, Monday through Friday, for over an hour a day on this show, offer my opinion on things within the community. Some of you guys like the opinions. Some of you don't like the opinions. Some of you say, excellent work, Jerry. Some of you say, F you, Jerry. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Because every time I get on this camera and sit behind this microphone, I have one mission. And that's to talk local content in Charlottesville and be true to myself. And I do that every day. So when I leave and I'm done with the show or my head hits the pillow, there are no regrets. Literally and figuratively. The topics for today's program are as follows. I almost didn't cover this because it's tough to kick um, a dying dog when he's down. In a lot of ways, Hunter Smith is the metaphorical dying dog right now. Um, but it's getting worse, man. And, and, and now, I'm having, now I'm having parents of folks that work for Hunter contact me. I'm having line cooks and bartenders and hosts and dishwashers contact me. It's overwhelming what's happening. And I think it's a lot of our responsibility because we are in a media desert in central Virginia. This 300,000-person market has turned into a desert for local media we understand we're filling in that gap for you in a lot of ways, especially as the Daily Progress has like a $60, $70 a month subscription wall for its digital content only. And let's cut to the chase. In recessionary periods, a 60 to $70 a month subscription wall is just something that the community is not going to pay. So I would bet maybe a couple thousand people are reading the content from the newspaper locally. The audience of this fine and fair talk show is exponentially more than that. The first topic i got to cover is the direct messages that I'm receiving from staff at Champion. Yet again, I'm hearing Passiflora and Brasserie Cezanne are in financial ruin. I'd say financial ruin is a fair term. I hear yesterday from someone I trust and I promised I would not utilize her name And my word is my bond. I get information for this talk show because I understand the concept of anonymity and respecting people's privacy. And you see me literally do it every day. She reaches out to me and says, you got to highlight this. These restaurants are closed indefinitely. And the dishwasher at Passiflora just got repossessed. The financial situation is that poor. I get that contact via DM yesterday evening.
1: That's a dishwasher machine and not a person that washes dishes, right?
0: Thank you for clarifying. A dishwasher machine. Repossessed. That puts things in perspective, does it not? Yeah. Okay. I then reach out to staff about this. Staff reaches out to me. And they're like, yeah, dude, this is true the staff of these restaurants now um, looking for work. Many of them, or some of them, I don't want to use the word many, some of them have found work at the Quirk Hotel. Others are doing this stopgap, Judah, where they're essentially like mercenary restaurant employees, where they get a couple of shifts here and a couple of shifts there and a couple of shifts there. Floaters. Floaters, right, that's a better term. Nothing consistent where they can build a life and a schedule, in hobbies and family time and personal time around. Mm-hmm. When you're floating, your schedule's pretty brutal. We'll talk about this. I also want to talk about Chris Fairchild's statement. I took Chris Fairchild's statement, which was already seen by a lot of people within Fluvanna County. He posted it over the weekend on his Facebook page. And then I amplified it maybe 20-fold, and the statement now undoubtedly has been seen by Central Virginia almost in totality. Let's call it a 300,000-person market. We were checking the analytics for the post that we did on the 15 Twitter accounts and the Facebook pages and all the social media, And the Fairchild statement, which we amplified on our network, we saw just over 193,000 unique IP addresses from our network that had seen it in a short period of time. If you go to the I Love Seville Instagram account, the Instagram account, I believe, is the second largest account behind the University of Virginia. I am legitimately, as an admin, able to go to the post and click the View Insights tab, which is right literally under the tab, and the one post on the Instagram account that I did for Chris Fairchild on I Love Seville has got a reach of just over 26,000 people for one post on one Instagram account. So we'll talk Fairchild's statement, not from Chris's perspective, but from the perspective of the people in the community. I've been really surprised. It's been a divided line, If you take folks that are, say, 35 years and younger, call them young millennials or Gen Zers, why don't we coin it Zillennials? They absolutely hate this statement with a burning passion. Geriatric millennials, which is me, call it millennials 35 and older. That group of people absolutely adores Chris Fairchild's statement. And let's cut to the chase. That 35-age marker probably in a lot of ways reflects home ownership. The ones that are embracing Fairchild Statement likely are making mortgage payments. And the ones that are pissed off and burning with rage with Fairchild Statement likely making rental payments each month for housing. I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about a comment that Kevin Yancey made. Kev, are you watching, Kev Yancey? If you're watching, uh... oh, Kev, you are watching. Kevin, remember when you made the comment yesterday or last week? And Kevin, if you want to make that comment again in the comment section, I want to give you a lot of props, man. Kevin Yancey's um, uh, a gentleman from Waynesboro. He watches our show. He's got a CDL, commercial driver's license. I believe he's listening to the podcast while he's on the road daily. Kevin Yancey is a man of perspective and thought, and he's got institutional memory. A Waynesboro homeowner, he's lived in Fluvanna, he works for a a, a beer brand locally, which I will not name, so I respect, I protect his anonymity a bit professionally. But when he leaves comments, I may not always agree with him, but Yancey's comments always get me thinking. Um... Kevin Yancey made this statement last week. I think it's when we showed the graph. Um, can you show the graph? And I'm going to look at my text message here because I got a source who I'm not going to name texting me about this.
1: Sols are up.
0: All right. <clears throat> All right. And the source that is texting me right now, I will respect your anonymity one thousand percent. The source that is texting me right now, Brazzy Saison closed indefinitely, Passiflora closed indefinitely, the dishwasher repossessed at Passiflora, the tap room closing at the end of the month champion. If you can respond to everything I'm saying there with a thumbs up or some more insight, that would be greatly appreciated. And I promise you, and I think you already know this, there's not a chance in hell this will get back to you. You have my word and you already know this. Um, So I'll look for that text from you if you can. Literally, in real time, it's coming in. Um, Kevin Yancey made the SOL scores are up. All right, this is performance from SOL test in county schools. And, Judah, if you can give some insight into what you're seeing from Dr. Bryce's Facebook page, and then we'll go to a two-shot on you. What are you seeing with Albemarle? What are you seeing with Orant? What are you seeing with the schools there? What are you seeing the trend lines there?
1: Well, as uh, <clears throat> as we can see, uh, Albemarle has continued to dip where all the other schools have seemingly recovered from uh, uh, whatever, you know, whatever forces were dragging them down during the, during the pandemic, uh, they've all, they've all started rebounding uh, on this graph 2021, but obviously there's probably a little more, uh, a little more finesse in, in how they're, in how they're responding. They're not all just uh, making, making right-turn veers at, you know, right at 2021. But uh, apparently Albemarle County's uh, public schools have continued to decline. Um, And they're not rebounding to the clip the others are. It doesn't look like they're rebounding at all. I mean, it looks like uh, 2019 to 2022 is a a straight slope um, with very little change in velocity. Uh, where everybody else starts to turn around at 2021. Kevin Yancey made this point. Let's go to a two-shot.
0: And this point fits perfectly in with the Chris Fairchild statement, right? Kevin Um, Yancey says this. You can track the SOL performance by tracking cost of living. hmm. And Kevin Yancey said, as Albemarle County has gotten extremely more expensive... And we know it's gotten way, way more expensive, the cost of living. He said, those families that can no longer afford to live in Almaro County are moving to Fluvanna, right. Orange, Louisa, Green, Zion's Crossroads, Gordonsville, Culpeper, and Madison. And he's saying, Kevin Yancey has said, these are middle class and even in some cases, upper-middle-class families that no longer can afford to live in Albemarle because the cost of living is so high. So they want to stay in Central Virginia because that's where their job is. So they're choosing lower cost of living in, say, a Lake Monticello, 4,300 homes in Lake Monticello. I think yesterday we said there's eight active listings out of 4,300 homes at Lake Monticello. You talk to anyone at Lake Monticello right now, the largest community, the largest neighborhood in Central Virginia, and people say the, the, the OG, the old guard in Monticello, Lake Monticello, will say the new guard is sprinting to live here because we have homes that are 50%, 40% less than cost in Almore. So Yancey's point was this, and I want to unpack this. Yancey's point was this as the middle class and as the upper class, excuse me, as the middle class and as the upper middle class is gentrified out of Albemarle to the outer counties, this socioeconomic demographic often is two parent households, and the two parent households Theoretically, certainly common sense-wise on paper, more involved with the student's education than, say, maybe a one-parent household or a low-income household. So you're seeing the school performances at the Fluvanna, Orange, Louisa's improve because these families are moving into those counties and are bringing the parental involvement with it. That leaves Albemarle County as this tremendous dichotomy. On one side you have the wealthy I don't want to call them one percenters let's just say top ten percenters okay top ten percenters affording to live in Albemarle those top ten percenters more inclined to send their students their kids to private schools because they have the wealth the remaining folks perhaps living in Albemarle maybe lower middle class to poverty line that socioeconomic demographic doesn't have the financial freedom to say pick up and move somewhere else because maybe they're renting a home and they're locked in a 12-month lease that they can't get out of. So you're left with this tale of haves and have-nots in Moral. And Kevin has made the point that this could be a... is This this be like a sociological study here. Brad Wilcox, are you watching? Brad Wilcox taught me my first year at the University of Virginia, summer after my first year. Brad Wilcox, a renowned sociologist. Someone tag Brad Wilcox and let Brad Wilcox know we're giving him props on this show. He's a friend of the program. You have maybe what's left, the haves, the top 10% financially, and the have-nots, maybe renting, lower income, staying in Almore. And as a result, you're seeing that performance not match that of the outer counties. That statement and that comment from Yancey perfectly complements what Fairchild posted over the weekend. You think? I'm, well, I want to unpack it. I'll, I'll let you know. I want to talk about that, but first, I see food and beverage all over Charlottesville and Central Virginia on the show. Hunter Smith, Passiflora, Brasserie Saison. This is what I'm hearing. Hold on, I'm getting text here. OK, I'm getting text here from multiple people, multiple people watching the show. All right. Here's the nitty-gritty. Can weave you back in if you want? Because I think folks should see your reaction. They've grown to basically get accustomed to a guy that's fairly level-headed, unemotional and even-keeled in you with me being the exact polar opposite, a psycho-emotional man who wears his emotions on his sleeve all the time. May lead with his heart, certainly very passionate, but very emotional. That's why we work well together. So I get contacted yesterday, and I have to choose my words really carefully because I have to maintain anonymity. A loved one of two employees than the Champion Hospitality Group family tree. This loved one said, Jerry, employees found out yet again that the restaurants are closed indefinitely. Mm. We're given no notice. Yeah. <clears throat> and we're told it's up to them to go find a job somewhere. Sorry, you're out of luck at these two restaurants. Remember, Passiflora and Brasserie Cezanne, try to distance themselves from Hunter's poor decision-making, distance themselves from Hunter Smith's financial negligence, and instead find new life under new management. So much so that Brasserie Cezanne had a sign in its window under new management. Hmm. They put the sign in the storefront window for branding purposes to say, we have nothing to do with that man, Hunter Smith, anymore.
1: Well, Does the what's currently happening right now put a lie to that? The financial situation with the folks
0: that were trying to reinvent the brands they're still hounded by that was not depicted fairly and correctly at the time of the reinvention. That's what I'm being told. The people that came in to try to save these brands were positioned and sold the bill of goods that was not, in fact, accurate.
1: So similar to what, uh, similar to what uh, Laura Foner and Siren were trying to get out from under? I wouldn't even say it was just Laura Foner. I would say it was a lot of people. Like, but, th- I, but, I mean, that particular uh, set of circumstances where there are, uh, where there are uh, for lack of a better phrase, uh, there are still things owed. Uh, debts left to be paid yeah and so so that's what I'm getting at what what you're saying is that uh, is that the new management of Passiflora and uh, and Brasserie Saison were left with perhaps uh, debts that they may not have known about it was a much more grave situation than they were inclined to believe or inclined or told yeah, so grave that uh, one of them has recently had their dishwashing machine repossessed. That's how bad it is. I don't think I've ever heard that that for turn of phrase put into the English language.
0: Dishwasher machine repossessed. Here's the very intriguing thing: if you're the landlord. If you're the landlord, if you're the building owner of Passiflora and your dishwasher is repossessed. Passiflora, dishwasher repossessed. If you own that building and Hunter is significantly behind on rent to you. You have the right by the terms of your lease to come in and take over the space as is. Right. That's why you often see commercial landlords, when their tenants get behind on payment, they immediately go in and lock the doors. They change the locks. Change the locks. Because they don't want the creditors, like the dishwasher repossessor, to come in and take hard assets out of the storefront. Assets that could be sold at auction at a later date to help cover the help cover the debt that is outstanding. Yeah, the assets that are sold at auction at a later date—they never, ever, 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 ever match the debt. The tenant is behind. Right. Ever, pennies on the dollar, but it's something. If you're the owner of the Passiflora building, I've already told you this. We're friends. We see each other often. I'm not going to use your name. If you're the owner of the Brasserie Cezanne building, Keith Woodard, that's you, my boy. You need to go to your storefront right now, and you need to change the locks. Keith Woodard, go to Brasserie Cezanne right now and change the locks. Because you're literally having objects taken off the wall or out of the kitchen by creditors to pay debt that is owed. My boy that owns the Passiflora building, get your ass over to Browns Lock and Safe and change the effing locks right now, man. We talked about it this morning. Get your ass to Browns Lock and Safe and change the locks at Passiflora right now, man. Change the locks. I'm hearing the tap room is on its last legs. Um, I'm literally choosing my words carefully here. on am of a live talk show. And the crappy part about all this is the dude is a small business owner. But the action shown here of constantly being on vacation, bragging on your Instagram account of being on vacation when your employees are having their paychecks bounce, and bragging on your Instagram account like Hunter has done about um, smoking weed and showing his buds in his hand, the ganja that he loves to rip. I got no problem with someone smoking weed, man. Anyone who watches this program knows yours truly is pro-cannabis. Everyone who knows, that watches this program, knows that cannabis better be legalized because people that are black and brown that get popped with cannabis have four times the legal ramifications of someone white like me. And that's effed up. On top of that, cannabis, when used correctly, could be good for pain management, stress relief, appetite inducement. There's plenty of positives when it comes to cannabis. I'm not going to knock it. But if your entire business is crumbling and your employees are having their checks bounce and employees are losing their jobs at Christmas time and around New Year's and employees are being told that they no longer have work as their shift ends and tip money is being taken and dishwashers are being repossessed and landlords are suing you, Woodard, that's effed up. And that needs to be exposed. No doubt. And no one else is doing it. So it's our job with a massive following to say, community, there's a sheep in the chicken coop. And let's let folks know that this sheep doesn't... That there's a wolf in the ch- in the chicken coop, and this wolf doesn't play fair. This wolf is going to go on island vacations and rip 18-inch Jerome Baker bongs with sidecars, as opposed to ripping up, rolling up his sleeves, and washing the dishes in the back of the house. And that's effed up. That is effed up. Do you not agree?
1: Yeah. I, the worst part for me is. Uh, <clears throat> Playing, you know, playing your violin while, uh, while your employees burn. Right.
0: We've been in business 15 years. Put the lower third on screen if you can. The lower third you should put on would be the, uh, the top two here. And we can rotate them through. I've been in business 15 years. You know what my number one responsibility before my wife and my two sons is? Before I feed my two sons and my wife, you know my number one responsibility? It's that man right there. Judah Wickhauer gets paid before my family eats. Do you hear me? And he's seen it. And you know what's in that drawer over there, don't you? Yeah. He's seen it. Judah gets paid before my six-month-old son eats, my five-year-old eats, and my wife eats. That's a fact. That's a 100% fact. And there are often times where legitimately, over 15 years, I have gone into a stock portfolio, taken the tax hit for your check. You may not have ever known that. That, I don't know how I would. I'm telling you now for the first time. I'm telling you now for the first time. When you run a company, you put your team members before your effing family. And when you run a company, you don't put on your Instagram, island trips, Jerome Baker 18 inch, two foot bongs with sidecars and double bubbles. And indica and sativa, passions. Because it makes you look like a fill-in-the-blank. You're a nicer person than me. It makes you look like a what?
1: You want me to come up with a... a The one I would
0: use would be much nastier than you.
1: I mean, mine's going to include a swear word as well, but... uh... I mean, you come across as an uncaring, uh, over, um, over, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. It's just not a good look. Makes
0: you look like an asshole.
1: Yeah. How's that? I was going to say shit heel. When
0: the electricity in your restaurant, I'm not going to name the restaurant, is turned off during the middle of service because you're counting on Hunter and his team to pay the electric bill, and then you find out they're months behind, and you have to go out of your personal pocket to get the electricity on, yeah. when payroll bounces for your team and you don't even know until your team tells you that the paycheck bounced the next day, and you have to go in your personal pocket to pay your team, this literally has happened. When the CO2 companies, is it, is it, guys, help me out. Do you use the CO2 for the taps? It's the CO2, right?
1: I'm sure it is.
0: CO2 gets the beer flowing in taps, right? Yeah. When the CO2 companies are, are not giving you the CO2 or they're turning it off or they're yanking it out so your beer don't run because you're behind on CO2 payment and it's other people that are minority owners in the business. Minority owners that really have no say because perhaps they set up a deal during COVID and they weren't in the best financial position and they were just looking to reinvent themselves as chefs. So they took a minority stake because of what seemed to be on paper trust. And then you're left with the collateral damage. That is, that's messed up. Yeah. That man eats before my six-month-old does. That man gets paid before my six-month-old and my five-year-old does. And I'm not trying to put you in a tough spot, but it's a fact. When you're married to a business owner, my wife went from working at Blackstone, a hedge fund in Manhattan, where she was in her late 20s and early 30s making deep six-figures, And getting a bonus each year, anywhere between $30,000 and $60,000. I got in an airplane. She met me on an airplane. You were there. We had, for a number of years, many clients in New Jersey. Autism Institute of New Jersey, New Providence Chiropractic are two of them. And we were doing, for a number of years, so much business in New Jersey that Judah Wickhauer and I, and one of our other associates, Maggie, Literally flew to New Jersey, the three of us, for a week every quarter. We stayed in a hotel, right? The three of us. Yeah. Got per diem. We serviced our clients out of a satellite office. Our satellite office was anywhere that had Wi-Fi, sometimes even a library, right? Remember? There were reasons for that. There were reasons for that. We went up for a week for years. For years, we did this. Okay? Okay. The reason I'm telling this story, one of those trips coming back from New Jersey and this office, and the New Jersey business was great. It was stressful. I wouldn't do the New Jersey business now. Can you imagine I'm telling my wife that I'm going to leave you for a week with the six-month-old? You know what she would do? She'd chop my balls off. Literally. Sweetheart, I need to go to New Jersey for a week. Um, I'm going to go chase some paper up in New Providence And you stay with the six-month-old and our five-year-old. Our five-year-old wakes up at six in the morning and he's a 1,000 miles an hour until 8 p.m. at night. And our our six-month-old barely sleeps and he wakes up at three, four in the morning every single day. Our six-month-old has not slept through the night one single night since he was born. I'd say, sweetheart, you're on kid duty. I'm going to Jersey. I'm going to go get some work done, chase some paper. I'll hit the bars when work's done. I'll FaceTime you from happy hour. You know what she would say to me? Put your nuts right there. It's time to. <laughs> you think I'm joking? You know her. Do you think I'm joking? I, I wouldn't even care to guess. We're coming back from New Jersey. I better get this right. Because it's our love story. We're coming back from New Jersey in July 10th, 2015. Judah, Maggie, and I are flying out of LaGuardia Airport in a terminal that had no bar and no television. The flight attendants at the counter were giving us zero update, as flight attendants at the counter generally do. The delay was a couple of hours, and there was no bar for us to drown our sorrows while we stayed in this third World country of an airport, LaGuardia. This was before the remodel. In this terminal that had no TVs, no bars, a terminal that we had to take a nondescript white van. Do you remember? We got in a white van, Yumi and Maggie, and drove all over LaGuardia. They dropped us off outside on the flight deck. We had to go up a back staircase to this terminal. We're waiting in a terminal that had an air condition that wasn't even working at the time. I'm so hot because there's no air conditioning at the time. You run cold. I run burning hot. I'm so hot. I take my golf shirt like this off, and I put on a blue tank top with a black rim on the side of it. I thought it was orange. Nope. It was a blue tank top. I remember it like it was yesterday. (laughs) I then take off my Lululemon pants, even though they're very breathable. It's It's a great pants. Anti anti ball hugging pants. Those pants.
1: That's how they market them. Know. That's how they market them. I'm sure everyone is glad you're including that in your story
0: of how you met your wife. That's how Lululemon markets their pants. ABC. ABC. I think it's is it anti ball clinging. I think literally that was
1: maybe always balls comforted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're on this. Uh... Uh, uh. I, I'm leading us down this. You're, you're, you're
0: way too above this. This lowbrow. This lowbrow is me. You're an, not lowbrow. I'm
1: an innocent bystander. I know.
0: I'm, I'm being the bad influence. I'm the lowbrow guy. You're the gentleman. Long story short, I see her in the terminal, remember? And she's I, coming from Blackstone. I do not remember any of this. She took a half day. You, you remember us meeting, right? Me and my wife meeting there, right? Not really. You don't remember sitting on an airplane where I
1: met my wife and you were there? It's not like I was sitting next to you. You, you literally were... were sitting behind me. So? Do you think I was paying attention to what you guys were doing? Okay. I mean, yeah, I vaguely remember that you moved to sit next to her, but like, I don't really remember the white van. I All don't right. really remember. I do remember that LaGuardia always sucked.
0: One of, of my, and you and I have spent 12 years of working together, you can highlight this. The memory for yours truly is one of my strengths. And it really helps when closing deals and networking because you remember people's names, what they like, their passions, their hobbies, and interests. You build human connection, and then you could do business because trust has been built through that human connection. That's the advantage of having a strong memory. Long story short, two and a half hours...
1: Jerry has people memory.
0: Yeah, people memory. Right. 100%. That's a great way to describe it. We have very different memories. People memory. you,
1: You like to highlight that I have a horrible memory, which is not true. I just have a different memory than yours.
0: Your memory is not... Associated with human connection, right? My memory is associated with human connection, which can be utilized and leveraged for a lot of aspects of business. Okay. Long story short, I see her walk into this terminal. She took a half day from Blackstone. She has to be back at work on Monday morning. So she wants to fly straight from LaGuardia to Charlottesville and go visit her girlfriend in Seville and go straight to the vineyard. They wanted to go to King Family. So when you only have a half-day Friday, Saturday, and your plane leaves at lunchtime on Sunday, your plane getting delayed three hours is a big deal. Yeah. Because it's such a short window. Yeah. So she comes to the terminal dressed to the nines because her expectation was go straight to the bar. Yeah. Straight to the bar. Straight to the vineyard with her friend. I see her dressed to the nines as I'm wearing a tank top and cargo shorts and rainbow sandals. And I'm like, who is this lady? It's beautiful lady. i got to talk to this lady. I didn't have the confidence or the moxie or the chutzpah to talk to her in the terminal. Lo and behold, she's on the plane right next to me. She's on the, she gets on the plane that we do. I see the seat literally next to her that is vacant. You, me, and Baggy are in the back of the plane. I grab my carry-on bag wearing my tank top and my cargo shorts and my flip-flops. I go from the back of the plane, and I sit next to her. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take my shot. Lizzo, Lizzo wasn't famous then, but Lizzo said, take your shot. I took my shot. She's in a tin can. She can't leave me from LaGuardia to Charlottesville. And for that 90-minute period of time, we talk and talk and talk. I ask for her phone number. I get her phone number July 10th. That night, we meet at the whiskey jar... Little kissy, 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 kissy outside the whiskey jar, little makeout session. Next day, I meet her and her girlfriend and her girlfriend's husband at West Main, the old awful Arthur's, now Tavern and Grocery. West Main at the time had a basement bar, which is called Lost Saint now. We first had a dinner date at Three Penny Cafe with her friend and her friend's husband. Three Penny Cafe is now Black Cow Chop House. Dan Kaufman's restaurant. Mm -hmm. We go from Three Penny Cafe sitting on the patio to West Main across the street for a nightcap. I say, there's a cool spot down in the basement. You want to leave your friends and come have a drink with me down there at the West Main Basement Bar? Lo and behold, no one was at the West Main Basement Bar. Maybe that's why West Main closed. Maybe we have a kiss or two after that. That was July 10th, July 11th. Long story short, by August 29th, the next month, by August 29th, my wife had quit her Blackstone job where she was on the path potentially of managing director, literally bypassed a year-end bonus that she would have gotten anywhere between 30 and 50K, said no to the 30 or 50K, moved in with me August 29th. Every day from July 10th to August 29th, she was mailing me one box of clothing or her things from her apartment in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I somehow persuaded someone that was on a managing director track at Blackstone, top hedge fund in the world, maybe BlackRock you put in there, to move from Manhattan in the Upper East Side to Charlottesville into a home in Redfields at 946 Rockledge Drive. I don't own that house anymore. I sold it. And today we have two kids... And I hope it was the best decision of her life. It was certainly the best of mine. I'm sure someday she's like, good God, what did I do here? And other days, she's extremely happy. I know she certainly loves her boys. This is the point I'm making. When you marry an entrepreneur, when you marry a restaurant owner, when you marry a small business owner, when you are the spouse of a small business owner, you have the roller coaster ride the small business owner does. Because you're often the sounding board of the small business owner. Divorce rates for small business owners, pretty damn high. Look it up. Why? Because owning a small business is stressful. Why? Because as a small business owner, you pay the Judas before you pay your boys, before you feed your boys, and before you have money for food for your wife and everybody else. Because it's the right thing to do. And it's called being a responsible business owner. You pay your staff before you feed your kids. And it takes a special spouse and a special partner to ride that wave. With the entrepreneur and the visionary of the business, now fortunately, 15 years we've been we've been able to build some success. Fortunately, and it's come through a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice. I say it on the program all the time. We've taken one vacation in 15 years, our honeymoon to Hawaii, and we came back knocked up. Hunter did not embody that mindset. He did not embody the mindset of paying staff before he paid himself. And he threw gas on the fire by bragging on Instagram about smoking weed and taking vacations to islands. And everything I'm I'm saying right now is factual. It's factual. And now staff that was trying to take over the reinvented Passiflora and the reinvented Brasserie Saison just found out the financial situation was way worse than anticipated and they were said, guys, you're out of work. Multiple sources. Dozens of sources confirming this with me. The beer is not brewed in Charlottesville. It's brewed in North Carolina with a macro brewer that essentially white labels beer making. And I'm not trying to kick a dying dog when he's da- down, but the shenanigans and tomfoolery showcased by this man is too much not to highlight. Mm-hmm. I would be doing the community a disservice not to highlight it. So that's what we're doing here. Right. I mean, I'm getting bombarded by people watching the show that work for him. Judah, I have one, two, three, four, five, six... Seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 unopened text messages from people listening to the show that are part of this group in some capacity.
1: Hmm.
0: That's all she wrote, I guess. It looks like uh, that's all she wrote. We'll follow the tap room closely. That's how it all started at Champion. I mean, if he had just stuck with the tap, the tap room and that's it, he might have a brand and Champion, the beer brand, that could have potentially been purchased by a private equity company or InBev, the Anheuser-Busch craft beer arm of InBev, whatever it's called. But it was just a definition of. of, of, of um, over-leveraged, and trying to do too much without the uh, institutional knowledge of running restaurants. Dude, running a restaurant is not like running a tap room. And I'm not going to sit here and profess to be uh, someone who knows how to run restaurants. I don't know how to run restaurants. I've been a bartender. I've been a host. I've been a waiter. I've worked in the back of the house. Yes. But I don't profess to run restaurants. Running a restaurant, a one-unit restaurant, is very different than running a beer tap room where you don't have to sell food. Serving food, running a business where food is the predominant way you make money is very different than running a business where pulling a tap and giving someone fluid is the predominant way you make money. Running a business where you have to prepare food in the most, one of the most saturated restaurant markets in America, and that food is then sent from an expo line to a table, and whoever eats that food determines if you have success or not, can you think of one of the most difficult ways to make a living than that? You're in the most, one of the top ten most saturated restaurant markets, Charlottesville. Your competition is fierce. It's a lion's den of competition. The rents are astronomically expensive. The labor is not there, so the labor that does want to work is too expensive. Your cost of goods are volatile and unpredictable. I already told you the landlords have you buy the short and curlies. And then you are at the mercy of hangry people and whether or not they like your food. And if they don't, they can ruin you on social media. That is a brutal way to make a living. You may want to go become a ditch digger. That might be easier because you're not going to have thousands of people ruining your reputation on Yelp. Opening one, questionable. Opening two, what the hell are you doing? Opening three, this is just nonsense. Opening four, this is ridiculous. Opening five, stop it. I'm going to kick you in the nuts. Who's Brew, Passiflora, Brasserie Saison, Siren, Champion Ice House, Champion Grill, that's six. Uh, food Truck, that's seven. Dumpling, what am I missing? tap rooms all over the commonwealth. What am I missing? Viewers and listeners, what am I missing here? Anyone? What am I missing? Put it in the feed if I'm missing something. Text me if I'm missing something. I'll eventually get to all these. You got anything to add? No. The coffee shop, Daniel Kaufman says, who's brew?" That coffee shop, you could have purchased for $1. You know why you could purchase that coffee shop for $1? Because
1: he didn't want the lease. He wants to get off mm. the
0: lease. Robert's oxygen, CO2 and nitrous. G. Milo, thank you. G. Milo, the one-time owner, was it the Virginian? I think you were the one-time owner of the, the Virginian. You sold it to a friend of the program, Annie McClure. I have more restaurant owners than I can count literally watching the show right now. And I am happy. Heather Bangley says, welcome Hunter on the show. Happy to. Anytime you want, Hunter, you can come on the program. Anytime you want, dude. He's come on the show. I think you got a Hunter Smith, Jerry Miller photo somewhere around there.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: All right. That's all I got. I don't want to deal with this story anymore. I don't want to deal with this story anymore. I don't want to deal with this story anymore. anymore. Lisa Costolo, I am married to I Love Seville. I am married to VMV Brands. I am married to the I Love Seville Network, and I am married to the Miller Organization. And if you're a successful small business owner, you're probably married to your brand and your business. Is it safe? Is it healthy? No. But is it a necessity? Probably. If you're a small business owner out there, you know what it's like to be married to your business. You know what it's like to take phone calls about your business when you're gone. When you're not in the walls of your business is it unhealthy probably is it unhealthy yes but that's how it goes all right let's talk about the uh next topic conference call at 145 with a vip client Um, fairchild statement and how it pertains to um, nimbyism, Fairchild statement and how it pertains for um, S.O.L. scores in the outer counties deep throat I'm gonna to get to your comment here in a matter of moments Ginny who um, Ginny who hello Ginny who you're right she says it was a core memory for you so it stuck not so much for Judah that's very fair that's 100 percent true Ginny who Deepthroat, I'll get to your comments. Stacey, I'll get to your comments. I have more comments that we could potentially get to, but I'm going to try to get to as many as possible. Um, This is Chris Fairchild's statement. I'll read it one more time. The response, since we put it on the I Love Seville network, has been, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand IP addresses. Fairchild, over the weekend, he says this. Fluvana, welcome, respect. You came here to Fluvana from there because you did not like there, and now you want to change here, Fluvanna, to be like there. Please understand we're not hateful folks or narrow-minded or anti-whatever you are. We simply like the way it is here in Fluvanna, and many of us actually came here to Fluvanna because it's not there wherever there was. You're most welcome here in Fluvana, but please stop trying to make here, Fluvana, like there where you came from. If you want to be here in Fluvanna, that's cool. But if you're trying to change Fluvanna, you, shru- you really should not have left where you came from. You are welcome to leave here and go back to there at your earliest convenience if you want to change Fluvanna. That's what he said. I'm going to change there with
1: Charlottesville. <clears throat> well, I think that's the problem. I think that's why he is having uh, pushback. Because he's you're making- saying... He's making a fairly he's making a fairly broad general yeah. statement. Of course, and if you're inserting your own uh, your own, you know, like why is he locality why for there? He, why is he attacking? If you're inserting yourself into his comment, then yeah. It, but, but we're supposed
0: to insert ourselves. That's why he leaves it vague with there. It's for us to insert ourselves, right?
1: I think it's the kind of thing where you probably know if you belong here that, or there in that statement okay but at the same time it's still not uh it's still not so uh so outwardly detailed that uh that you could easily take offense i i i feel like people taking offense to to that statement probably take offense to quite a bit
0: that happened the response from fairchild statement which I found refreshingly authentic, refreshingly genuine, and what I want of elected officials. Chris Fairchild ran on a platform of this statement. He literally said, if you vote for me, if I'm on Fluvanna County Supervisors, I'm going to be anti-development, anti-housing, and preserving the rural nature of Fluvanna County. That's legitimately what he said he was going to do. He has not changed a single thing of what he promised before the campaign, before the election. Right? So I can't fault a guy who told us he was going to lead like this, right? Right. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. That's, I, you're the reasonable one. Is that yeah. fair?
1: Yeah. I think it's also fair to say that not every town needs to, uh, needs to expand uh, beyond its
0: beyond its. Current... People disagree with you on that because they say Charlottesville City is landlocked. So it's now the responsibility of the counties adjacent to Charlottesville City to now have a YIMBY mindset because the city is landlocked It cannot uh, do additional housing. That's, that's what people are literally saying.
1: It's giving a lot of responsibility to inanimate objects.
0: What, jurisdictions? Yeah. They're led by humans, though.
1: No, They're not that.
0: inanimate objects. No, They're led by
1: people. I know that, but this... You get what I'm saying, though. It's now the responsibility of everyone else to uh, to make up for what Charlottesville can't do. It's a hell of a lot of pressure. I, I get that. Uh, I get that. Especially
0: since Almora County only allows five percent of all of Almoral County to be developed. of Albemarle County, this is in the comp plan, 95% of Albemarle County is not designated for development. Only 5% of. And of that 5%, it's commercial and residential. And the topography of that 5% also is pretty arduous, so not all of it can be developed. So you literally have Charlottesville City that's landlocked. Landlocked. And then the county right next to it, Albemarle, government says only 5% of Albemarle can have development. So now, Fluvanna, Orange, Louisa, Green, Madison, Culpeper, Gordonsville, Zion's Crossroads, Lake Monticello, you name it, they're in the catbird seat, and people are sprinting. they got like Mark Lorenzoni, Ragged Mountain Running Shop, kicks on, and they're sprinting to these counties.
1: Yeah. And my point still stands. They don't all, you can't force them all to be <clears throat> willing and open-armed to every uh you know every person that wants to come by property and uh and I definitely see uh Chris's perspective that look we are what we are you're not going to come here and turn this into a uh, a Charlottesville suburb if that is if you want to put if you want to insert Charlottesville in that then yeah now, if uh, every surrounding county said, screw you guys, stay in your, stay in your pig pen. You've got a
0: major problem.
1: Yeah, but...
0: Green County is openly saying, send the people to us. Yeah. They're, they're bringing 300 plus units online very soon. Stanley Martin.
1: There are places that are willing to field that expansion and to expect, to expect the audacity of people to expand. Expect that all that every surrounding town and uh, and territory and to expect that every single surrounding area would just welcome people with open arms, fold and and become you know become something that they're not.
0: Justin Ritter watching the program on LinkedIn, one of the best legal counsels for business acquisitions out there. He says, um, don't forget all that property, Jerry, within that 5% of Albemarle County development area is also encumbered by conservation easements as well. Great comment from Justin Ritter, just a talented Esquire. Mm -hmm. Um, You're 100% right. I put on the I Love Seville network, which is every social media platform, Chris Fairchild's post, a couple hundred thousand unique IP addresses have seen it. We amplified it tremendously. The response has been, has been very divided. And what I can tell, the dividing line seems to be the young millennial and the zillennial. Hmm. Call them the general Zer or the young millennial. Let's say zillennials. We'll call it 35 and under. Think Chris Fairchild right now in that statement is the devil. You take the middle-aged millennial and the geriatric millennial and older, and they think Chris Fairchild's the second coming. Chris Fairchild's statement is the second coming to First Corinthians. The second coming sounds
1: like two extremes that are Matthew, Mark,
0: Luke, and John.
1: It sounds like two extremes that are both missing the point.
0: The extreme is based on the following. owning a crib, the 35 and under, because of the extreme cost of living and how homes have appreciated in value, interest rates at 7% clip, they got student loan debt, they got credit card debt, the the job market's difficult. They're stuck in this never-ending 12-month cycle of rent the middle-aged millennial, the geriatric millennial and up, had, by luck in some circumstances, born at a time where housing was a bit more affordable, or perhaps skill, you realize getting in a home as soon as possible like yours truly is paramount, because you can freeze your, you can can budget your overhead, you're capping your overhead with a mortgage as opposed to rent that's going to escalate 5% every year, so the folks that own the Cribs are like, Chris Fairchild, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Chris Fairchild, Second Corinthians. Chris Fairchild, Genesis. Chris Fairchild, let's lap it up. He's taking the loaves and he's taking the fishes and he's feeding us the, the food for our intellect. Then you got the Zillennial and the young millennial that's taking 17 gold coins and ratting out Hisocristos. What? Judas.
1: <laughs> no, I get it, but it, A, it's not 17 gold coins. How many gold coins was it? It was 30 <laughs> silver coins, but seriously, what are you, I have no idea where you're going with this. I just wanted to see your reaction.
0: <laughs> they see Fairchild as Judas. They see him as selling out. They see him as being a nimby. They see him as being, this literal, let me read some of the comments. Instagram. The problem is destroying... Can I read you the comments and then you hold that thought. Read, read. I can't wait to hear your comment. This is from Instagram. Jay Devery. You can remain a nothing-but-open-to-land place where there are no jobs or anything for your residents to do place. Talbert Ross on I Love Seville Instagram. The reason I moved from Seville to a neighboring rural county isn't because I don't love Seville. It's because Seville is expensive. And now that I'm here, I'm going to do everything I can to make here like there. He's literally saying he's going to try to change it. He's just... Hal Buthamberg, I don't even know this... Hal, Hal says this. Do you actually like that white boomer copy pasta? Or is it just part of your marketing to cash in on local, MA, local MAGA types, Make America Great types? This other lady... Um, Andrea Grenadier, she's a a writer for local publications. She says, "Actually, dude, you are those things: hateful, narrow-minded, and most likely anti anything that doesn't fit your standards." Christopher Andresian says, "Tools, not sharp ones at that." Uh, Drake and Stein says, "It's not that I have a problem with how other people act. It's just that I only want them to act in a matter I approve because I love freedom." There, I fixed it for you, NIMBYs. Then you got somebody like Earl Smith, who ran for the Board of Supervisors in the Scottsville District. He says, that's how I am and would be. I love Chris Fairchild's comment. Gotta stop being afraid to speak up for the people you represent. I got someone like Jonathan saying, finally someone will speak up for what we say. I got this from Kelsey. Jerry, you are unafraid to speak up and unafraid of the backlash. You stay true to what you believe in and that's why we watch you. That same concept is what is backing, is what is pushing Chris Fairchild to make this post. He's staying true to himself and I respect it. It's division. Now I want to take it a step further. We got eight minutes before the VIP conference call. Charlottesville and Almore have gotten so expensive that a middle class family is having a hard time to live here. The area median, area median income for a household in this area is like $120,000. Household, area median income, $120K roughly. It's between like $110 and $120. That's a good chunk of money for an area median income. That means if your household is bringing in less than one hundred ten dollars or $120,000, you're below the median. If you're bringing in below 90, below 80, you're considerably below the median. And if your household is clocking 70K and you got a couple of kids and you got some rent or a mortgage, you're probably struggling to pay your bills and live in paycheck to paycheck. So what was once middle class, a household that could earn 60, dollars $80,000 and legitimately be a middle class household, now cannot afford to live at Almore on Charlottesville anymore. So those middle-class households, those two-parent households, maybe it's two parents that work two $45,000 jobs. That happens. Nothing wrong with that. Two parents working two $45,000 jobs. They're like, damn, dude, I can't live in Seamill no more. I can't live in Almoral County anymore. Why don't I buy a crib at Lake Monticello? That crib at Lake Monticello is going to be four bills, maybe four twenty. That's a knock for you. That's a little reference for you, Hunter. Maybe it's $420,000. It sure is a lot cheaper than the $820,000 here in Almoral. I'll just commute from Lake Monticello to the epicenter of employment at the University of Virginia. So you're seeing the middle class, even maybe the upper middle class, go into these outer counties. These two income households, J-dubs. The two income households are the households that are actively involved on paper, on paper, actively involved with their kids' education. They're pushing their kids to do well in schools. They know their teachers' names. They're making sure their kids are studying for quizzes and tests, and they're holding their children accountable. That mindset has now shifted to Fluvanna, Orange, Louisa, Green. And the SOL scores prove it. Put it on screen. Uh, Put it I'm, on screen. Almorro County 8 rebounding. You said it yourself. Did you not say Alamor is not rebounding like the outer counties? Did you say it? Were those not your exact words? Yeah, that's not proof of anything, though. You tell me what is a reflection of this. Are you telling me that the teachers in Fluvana and these outer county schools are teaching the SOL better than the Almoral teachers?
1: No, I'm then saying... Then what do you
0: attribute that to? I don't. I'm giving an answer. What is your attribution to what's happening here?
1: Does there have to be only one answer? It can do be... You really, do you really think there... It can be a few answers. Okay, but I, I would like to hear from someone in the real estate industry. Do you really think that there have been enough home sales that all of... This is just from people moving out to the outer counties. Viewers and listeners, you tell me what you think. Juan Sarmiento, you know Louisa County inside and out. I won't deny that it could have an effect, but I don't think it's the only thing that's causing this drastic difference. in. Fluvanna County, jump in the mix. Who's seen the academic
0: performance at Fluvanna County High School improve over the last five or ten years? I have. Since Fluvanna built the new school, who's seen the performance improve? Who's seen the academic performance improve at Greene County over the last few years? I have. What do you attribute the academic performance improving to, improving in school systems that are historically performing below Albemarle's standards?
1: I attribute it to cost of living in Albemarle. Wait a minute. Did you say school systems that were traditionally... Performing below Albemarle?
0: Traditionally, I've been in this community for 23 but years. If
1: you look at the, if you look at the chart,
0: I'm going to go as far back as 2000. I've been that chart only okay. goes to 2014. I've been in this community for All 23 right. years. 23 years. 23 years. When I first, when I first started working mm-hmm. for the Daily Progress in 2002, I worked for the Daily Progress from 2002 to 2007, 2008. I followed education very closely because the education beat reporter at the Daily Proctor's was smoking hot, and I wanted to know education so I could talk to her in the newsroom.
1: Okay, you're going, out on, you're going
0: on a tangent again. She literally said people were moving to Crozet for Western Amoral school systems. They are sprinting to Old Trail. They're sprinting to Crozet, to, to Gray Rock, and to the Highlands, and to Old Trail, and to, Aldo, and to, and to Owensville Road, and to Tillman Road, into to Bel Air, into to Ednum, to all these neighborhoods because they want the schools. They're sprinting there from the schools. They want the public schools? Public schools. The Western school system had a nickname. It was called Stab West.
1: Okay. Stab West. So, so you're saying that the people left Albemarle County to get away from the Albemarle, Albemarle County school? No. I'm saying the middle class can no
0: longer afford to live in Albemarle County. And as the middle class gets gentrified from Albemarle County and pushed into Fluvanna, Orange, Louisa, you have two income households that otherwise would have been in Albemarle, now in Fluvanna, Orange, Louisa, Green, Madison... These two income, two parent households actively involved in their children's education, and they're improving these school systems. And what's left in Albemarle County is this. 10%, the top 10% of earners who can afford private schools, and the lower middle class and those that are on the poverty line that are stuck in 12-month leases. And the lower middle class and those on the poverty line stuck in 12-month leases have no other choice but the county schools. And then you have those folks that are in the 10% of the earning bracket that have the choice stay in Almoral Public Schools, a lot of them do, or go to the many private school options that are out there. You are having a dichotomy and this wealth gap in Almoral, ACPS in particular, that is as wide as I've ever seen. And I've been here 23 years. I have not seen the wealth gap in ACPS. Being this wide in 20... Viewers and listeners, thoughts. Remember, yours truly, my better half, we got a five-year-old literally going through this right now. Literally studying the statistics, literally talking to the teachers, literally looking at the SOLs, literally trying to get a feel for the private school options. Furthermore... You got a school board candidate in Dr. Bryce who we tremendously respect. We listen to what she has to say. She's a no nonsense lady. She makes comments. Those comments are backed by research. Wouldn't you say that about Meg? Sure. I'd say that about Meg. Right? Kevin Yancey put this on my radar. Kevin Yancey saw this happening years ago. Kevin, when did you start seeing this in Fluvana? Kevin used to live in Fluvanna. Saw this when he was living there before he moved to Waynesboro. Kevin, why'd you move from Fluvanna to Waynesboro? He got a little bit more bang for his buck. He moved from Fluvanna to Waynesboro for a little more bang for his buck. It's 1.45. I gotta get the hell out of here. I got a VIP conference call. This conversation continues tomorrow on the I Love Seville show. Literally, if I didn't have this call, I would continue talking with you right now. I'm looking at the clock for the first time. So long.